Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Nyla and thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Greener Thoughts, the podcast about environmental news, commentary, environmental facts, and other things you'd like to know. Today's topic is all about the most littered plastic item on the planet. The podcast Greener Thoughts is produced every Sunday and Thursday. Please be sure to favorite, review, and also share Greener Thoughts. Lastly, something that you can do also is be sure to contact Greener Thoughts by voice message. The info is in the podcast description and, of course, every episode show notes. Or you can always send an email to Podcast at gmail.com. So there has been a local petition on uh, change.org about this proposed Amazon warehouse that I do not want around me or in my county. And so um, for those who are also against it and for it um, being proposed in Prince George's County, I would love for you to all participate and share in the petition. And, you know, there are plenty of other places where I think it would fit in within Prince George's County um, or even just in general in Maryland. But Prince George's County, just where I'm living, just it doesn't seem to be the best fit. And 800 jobs, I don't think is worth the environmental cost and other detrimental costs that are going to be associated with it being built. So I'm going to link the website in the show notes for you all so that you can go ahead and take a look at it. It's gaining quick momentum and plenty of people have signed it already, though I want to share it with you all so you can take um, you know, the initiative and get it all shared with anyone that you know or anyone who you know lives in Maryland. So um, be sure to look at it in the show notes. So I'll have it for you all there. So um, I don't have too many other um, new announcements for you all. So I'm going to go into our first segment. So of course, it's called In Other News. So it's a quick dose of what's happening in today's world. The first headline is that California's largest recycling business actually closes all 240, um, 284 centers and lays off 750 workers. And that was found on sfgate.com. And the move actually comes three years after um, Replanet closed 191 um, of its recycling centers and it laid off about 278 workers then. The second headline is that air pollution is actually linked to bipolar disorder and major depression. And that was on treehugger.com. And um, there were different counties that were observed uh, from the research. Um, And those counties had the worst air quality. They actually had a 27% increase in bipolar disorder and 6% increase in major depression when compared to those Um, who live in other counties uh, with the best uh, air quality. Now, you can find out more about that information. Um, The journal article is entitled, um, Environmental Pollution is Associated with Increased Risk 
of Psychiatric Disorders in the U.S. and Denmark. And it's published in the journal uh, PLOS or PLOS Biology. And PLOS stands for Public Library of Science. Uh, and then, then there's Biology. The last headline I have is that the devast there's devastating um, banana fungus, or there is one, uh, that arrived in Colombia and is actually, actually threatening the uh, fruit's future. And I found that information on NPR in the environment section. So today's um, news is coming from National Geographic, and it's from their environment section. And I'm really excited to kind of talk about this because I think it needs to be talked about because our health is so important and there's so many people around the planet who do smoke. In the United States, there are millions, tens of millions of smokers still, and it's it, it has a long history in the United States, I'll, I'll say that. And um, I know family members who have smoked, you know, my dad even, rest in peace. I remember when he would be... Uh, you know, in his office and studying and working away and such. And, you know, he had his ashtray on deck. And I, you know, had those memories for a long time, actually. It was hard for me to sometimes breathe. And I'd had phlegm. I would have phlegm. And it was hard to sometimes come up. And I got rid of it some years back. But that was, you know, long after he, you know, passed away. Um, About four or so years, five or so years after he passed away. And it... It can, it kind of made me think, is my life going to be shortened because of, you know, what I grew up with? And I, I think it's important to talk about this now because it is one of the most toxic plastic burdens out there. And for anyone who has a smoker in their family or who knows the effects of smoking, you know, it's detrimental in a ton of different ways. And I'm going to just talk about one of the many ways and how it affects our planet. So I entitled this news piece, um, Shouldn't Cigarette Butts Be Banned? Um, evidently, in my opinion, they should. And maybe I will convince you with the research and data here that they should as well. So I want to give you a quick overview and history of cigarettes in the United States. So we're going to go back... Uh, about 200 years or so to when there was a James um, Bonzac. He was an 18-year-old who kind of reinvented the way that um, rolling paper machines were processing um, cigarettes in the paper that was used to, of course, make them. So he did a you know stupendous uh, invention for all of the United States, and he created this machine... And it kind of took off from there, the invention of cigarettes. And from data, um, going back to 1900 to 1963, um, some decades ago, actually American adults went from smoking 54 uh, cigarettes a year to 4,000 a year. So because of that invention that he created, that kind of skyrocketed the use of cigarettes in the United States. Now, cigarette filters are made of a plastic um, called uh, cellulose acetate. And it's very um, thick and, you know, um, very thick as in like how it's composed, but not so much in strength. And it's used to filter, um, you know, those who, you know, use cigarettes know. And 
by the late 1950s, sales of these filtered cigarettes, they actually overtook, um, you know, sales of those that were unfiltered uh, cigarettes. So filtered cigarettes overtook, you know, so much in, you know, popularity and in um, um, buying power that they kind of threw America by a loop. And so they became so much, you know, more popular that it was kind of out of control, I guess you could say. And in the year 1957, the Surgeon General actually came up with something alarming for the first time um, for um, Americans during that time. He actually, they actually uh, declared officially in that year, 1957, that there was a casual uh, or causal link, I should say, between smoking and lung cancer. So this is the first time that Americans learned of the fact that there's a connection between uh, having lung cancer and because of their smoking and their habit of smoking. Uh, Some years later, in January 1964, Smoking and Health was published. It was a report um, from the advisory committee to the Surgeon General um, of the Public Health Service. Now, the filters um, of cigarettes, you know, really, it had a, a odd start because they came about and they made themselves um, popular because they were seen as a way to reduce smoking hazards. But we all know that's just a facade because you're still ingesting um, chemically those combinations of different thousands of chemicals in cigarettes. The filter is only a temporary band-aid, I guess you could say. Now, I want to move on to the uh, next uh, point in this, the pervasive problem of cigarettes. So how they are so detrimental and they are almost everywhere you can almost think of. So smokers are, um, in the world, I guess, they buy roughly 6.5 trillion cigarettes each year. And that equates to 18 billion per day. Just think about that. That's an alarming stat just by itself. Now, vaping you know, it isn't any better. It just really isn't. It has just as much plastic waste, if not more. And the plastic waste that it does create is composed of the tips in the cartridges. And it's now quickly becoming the next, um, and, and I guess you could say evolution, I would say the evolution of uh, smoking. And it's created more waste in a lot of different ways. And many of the time, these wastes from vaping, they end up in our streams and rivers and lakes and, you know, across beaches, parks, anywhere you can just think of people where people populate and where people entertain themselves and just are, you know, when's the last time you went to a park or outside of a school or just were walking around your neighborhood and you didn't see a cigarette butt on the ground? That's how big the problem is. So filters All in all, they take a really, really long time to degrade. And even as they do, they break down into tiny pieces of plastic, which they are composed of, called uh, microplastics, which they are then um, giving to animals and and feeding them. um, And that's very harmful to them. And it's harmful for our waterways, like I mentioned before, and also our oceans. Now... Um, I want to talk a little bit about Cindy uh, Zipf, 
and she's the executive director of Clean Ocean Action. And she actually says that um, cigarette butts um, have long been at or near the top of the list of items uh, her organization finds during beach cleanup. So she, you know, finds them by the, probably the hundreds every time that she um, does her cleanups. And she's from New Jersey and works out of New Jersey with her organization. And um, most of the time, the um, you'll find billions, or if you are in the seas and oceans and whatnot, and you and you go into them, you'll see tons and billions of these cigarette buds just by themselves. They're just floating everywhere. And that's where the problem is when it comes to marine life, which I'll probably get to a little bit later. But that's very hazardous for them because, of course, marine life aren't supposed to be eating cigarette butts. Now, next, I want to talk about the newness of e-cigarettes. Now, e-cigarettes, you may have heard of them as e-cigs. They're called electronic cigarettes, and they're just what they're, what they're named after. Um, cigarettes that are in electronic form. And uh, generally, these e-cigs or electronic cigarettes, they're composed of four components. Um, so they're made from or have their cartridge, um, their pod that actually holds the e-juice solution. They have a heating element, a battery, and uh, the mouthpiece there. Now the pods are recyclable um, now many times and, you know, are replaceable. But the leading manufacturer of e-cigarettes, uh, Juul, so J-U-U-L, um, for example, it saw its sales increase nearly sevenfold between 2014 and 2017, so not that long ago. And, you know, now today, more than 10 million Americans alone use e-cigarettes. So what can we do about new solutions? What are the solutions when it comes to e-cigarettes? Well, there are a few cities that are stepping up and doing something about it. And one of them is San Francisco. San Francisco spends about $7.5 million a year uh, cleaning up cigarette butts. And they do so um, as being one of the only uh, municipalities dealing with this kind of waste. So this is very big um, in San Francisco. There, it's a big problem, and they saw a solution that kind of fits it and can fix, it, and can fix this problem. Now... There are other solutions as well. Um, I agree with the second one, which is to ban cigarette butts altogether, make sure they're not um, around or used as a form of uh, discarding. Uh, and so one scientist, uh, Mr. Tom uh, Novotny, he is an epidemiologist at uh, San Diego State University. He also um, agrees and... He's very passionate about trying to ban cigarette butts just altogether. Um, recently, though, there was um, in the Irish Times a Berliner who, uh, his name is uh, Stefan von Arlo, uh, Orlo. He actually started a petition to uh, demand a deposit of um, 20 cents on every cigarette sold in Germany um, in a bid to try and reduce the litter and environmental pollution. So this is pretty big. So all those who live in, you know, Germany, um, you know, this is pretty cool. You know, this man, he's 49 years old. He started this campaign on change.org. And um, he saw it, 
you know, attracting, you know, tons of different signatures, you know, within days. So 50,000 signatures, he saw this. And he started this all by himself, this petition, and it's, you know, um, it's taken off like wildfire. So that kind of just shows you the impact one person can, you know, kickstart. And this is big, you know. I don't know, you know, anyone who lives maybe where he is or knows um, Stefan von Orlo, but, you know, this is cool that he kickstarted that and, you know, made it so he saw a problem and so he thought to create a solution, even if it is or it was in his own way. So that's pretty cool. Um, regarding new research about cigarette litter, um, there was some research that um, was led by some academics, so those from um, Anglia Ruskin University, or, R or ARU, and um, it was published in the Journal of Ecotoxicology and Environmental Safety, and the study is the first to show the damage that cigarette butts can cause to plants. Okay, so for that, I'm going to go ahead and provide that website link in the show notes for you all so you can check it out. And I read it over and I was kind of shocked that, you know, to that extent, um, plants are damaged, um, kind of scarred um, in, a, in a, a host of different ways um, because of cigarette butts. So um, it's very um, a quick read. So you all will be able to, you know, check it out and... The last thing I have is some quotables. So, quote, there's still widespread misunderstanding about what filters are made of. Um, this is of, end quote, this is of um, no, no Voltney, um, who I mentioned earlier. And he also goes on to say, people, quote, people are more likely to pick up their dog poop than cigarette butts, end quote. That's from uh, Mr. Tom um, Novotny, who I mentioned earlier, he's an epidemiologist at San Diego State University. And then the last quote is um, this one. It's of um, both e-cigarette use and the accompanying plastic waste, Miss Sydney um, Zip. Um, she's the executive director of Clean Ocean Action, who I mentioned earlier. She says, quote, it's, it's just a different form of the same thing, end quote. Now, I have um, just a few different points of view when it comes to litter, especially cigarette butts. Um, in my opinion, yes, I want them to be a thing of the past. I know what, you know, numerous years of coughing and, you know, not having asthma and not trying to get asthma and, and dealing with the residual effects of phlegm and just having sometimes smoky clothes, you know, it does what it does because... Like I said before, you know, my dad, he, you know, smoked and I thought that that was painful to watch, but also like, I kind of wanted to get an understanding of, you know, why he did it. And as far as I know, I think it was because it, it came maybe out of high school, I think my mom was saying, um, because they met, of course, in, in university and stuff and, you know, they got met, um, they got um, married later and stuff, and, you know, it It was a long time seeing my dad uh, smoke, and so the effects aren't pretty, and uh, I don't know, I just, I think overall that it's an epidemic, I think that it's an epidemic, and 
smoking is an epidemic for sure, but the litter that it creates is very much more an epidemic because of the, you know, trillions of different butts that are just all around. Firsthand, um, I can tell you a little bit about my experience picking them up on my campus. Um, when I was, um, you know, this is before I graduated and everything, um, and I was up in Penn State in um, Pennsylvania, and I did it, you know, by myself. Well, I had a few volunteers, but not many, and I collected, I think, over 10,000 cigarette butts. It took like two to three months, and it was, it was therapeutic in a way because I felt good, of course, cleaning up my community, but it also made me think of my dad. Um, you know, I was far away and, you know, I'm from Maryland, live in Maryland. So, you know, Pennsylvania where I was is about, um, you know, five hours or so away. So it kind of made me think of him picking those butts up and everything. And I felt good enough cleaning up my environment, but also giving those um, cigarette butts the terror cycle, which then processed them. And the manufacturer of uh, ashtrays would take those cigarette butts and make them into ashtrays and whatnot. So that was pretty cool. Um, I do wish that campaign was around still because that was an amazing campaign. Um, and every time I think of it, I think of my dad. So, you know, it gives me beautiful memories. Um, there are some countries, you know, now that are uh, banning um, different types of waste. And in 2016, India did really good and they actually banned the use of plastic packaging for tobacco products. So hooray India, you know, I, I kind of, I want, not kind of want, I want for the United States to do the same. I know that smoking has a different level of history and importance in the United States, or at least it did. Maybe our generation, the millennials of today, you know, maybe they're not going to be as into smoking, but those who come behind us, you know, those who are born today and, you know, a few years from now, you know, what are we going to leave for them? You know, smoking should be seen as something that maybe should be taboo. Now it should be, you know, uh, planted into the ground and just never, you know, uprooted again. Um, I think that smoking is really toxic and it affects, you know, tons of people, your family, just anyone you can think of, and especially animals. And actually, you know, 3,000 non-smokers die per year um, because of secondhand smoke. So looking at your impact on those around you, strangers, whoever is around you most often, they could personally, you know, die because of your smoking and your habits. Um, and if you want to see more information about uh, cigarette butts and everything like that, I actually have a great um, Nat Geo or National Geographic uh, infographic for you all about cigarette litter. So I will also um, have that uh, website link in the show notes for you all. And I think last thing I'm going to talk about is just some key takeaways. So I think the first one is that you don't have to smoke because you were peer pressured or because someone introduced it to you because they were introduced by someone else and the cycle just continues. Or, you know, you don't have to smoke because you think it's cool. And, you know, for anyone who's listening, who's 18 year old or, or younger, because, you know, nowadays some kids are smoking, even in middle school, you know, you don't have to live that life. And if it's not for you, you don't have to, 
you shouldn't have to feel like you're put into a bad position all because you want to seem cool in the eyes of peers. And, you know, some of those peers you're never going to see again after high school or middle school or whatever school. So, you know, think about that hard. Think about that when you're puffing on that cigarette and it doesn't feel good. And you feel like, why am I wasting my time? Think about that. Now, second thing I want you to, you know, maybe think about is think about the world that you want to live in. Would you, would you want to live in a world that's littered with all types of things or a clean one? You know, you make the choice. If you don't want to live in a filthy place, don't make it filthy. All right. So that ends my overall thoughts on litter, especially cigarette butts. And next up, I have some tips concerning cigarette litter. And I'll talk about them coming up in the Mother Earth Minutes. Do you love Greener Thoughts? Supporting Greener Thoughts ensures more giveaways are available with even more exciting prizes future Greener Thoughts merchandise, and surprises found only on Greener Thoughts. I greatly appreciate and love all of the listeners who have tuned in and who support Greener Thoughts by doing good for the planet. One of the many ways I would love your support is by clicking the second lower link in the description section of this episode. It's the direct support link for Greener Thoughts. Mother Earth Minutes is where, of course, I review in the next few minutes actions that you can take to combat the issue in the episode and as always save Mother Earth. Now, the message for today is that according to factretriever.com, urea, a chemical compound found in urine, is added to cigarettes for extra flavor. So think about that. You're puffing on cigarettes when a compound chemical inside of them is made from your own pee, your own urine. It's excreted from your body. It's toxin. It's pretty disgusting. But that's not the worst part. I think some something else may be just as disgusting. And the first tip I have kind of concerns that. So it's about getting to the root of why you're smoking. You know, are you stressed? Can you just not take the days as they come? Are you depressed and just do not want to get out of bed, but instead want to grab a cigarette? You know, were you introduced early? Did someone pressure you? Was someone behind your shoulder egging you on? Do you really want to quit? Do you have the willpower? Think about it. You know, were you a victim of some trauma? you can't seem to get past and maybe counseling or exercise or medicine won't help you know will a cigarette probably not not in the long run at least you know are you doing it for influence are you smoking because of influence because you think you know it's still cool to do in in the year we're in right now you know, 2019, as of, as of this podcast episode, you know. Um, you know, think about why you're smoking it. We all do things for reasons, you know. 
or we may not do, th do things for reasons. It depends. You know, if something isn't your thing, you're probably not going to do it. Or if your mind's not made up to do it, you're probably not going to do it either. So figure out first why you do what you do. And I think the smoking for some could be an addiction for sure. You know, if you're addicted to it, you'll do it. And, you know, you have to start there. You have to start with why you're addicted. Besides the nicotine, you know, and switch to something else that could wean you off of cigarettes. The second tip I have is to, of course, stop littering, which is easy to say, hard to do for some, because, you know, people are creatures of habit. And if you've been littering for decades of your life since you were a wee itty bitty and just running around, then it's going to be harder for you to stop littering because you don't see the purpose in stopping. You're set in your ways and you're old. But for those coming up, the ones who are, you know, young and running behind you, you should want to think about them and the future of the planet that you're giving to them. You know, people have to clean up behind you whenever you litter, whether it's janitor, groundskeeper, person of the city, city worker, somebody's going to have to clean that up. Even if it's a volunteer and they are willing to give up their time in the, in, in the day or a weekend to clean up your mess that you left behind because you didn't feel like chucking it in your ashtray or in the trash can. That's a big issue. That's an issue I have problems with. So, you know, think about everything I'm talking about because it's so important. You know, I, I'm a stickler for waste and recycling, so you all know that I have problems with this, period. Now, also, you got to think about the animals, the marine animals. Um, I'm big on talking about them. And, you know, they die painful deaths whenever you litter, especially something like cigarette buds. Third thing is that you can kind of, I guess, kickstart or either talk to your local um, and state officials and actually look about legis look on about legislation um, that actually prevents litter. So something like cigarette butts, something as small as that, you know, there are different types of remedies against littering, period. Um, um, so you'll have fines, jail time, community service, or, you know, other deterrents. So in Maryland, where I live, um, there are there is a specific law just on littering, and it's pretty um, thorough. And as far as the 2010 Maryland Code criminal law, um, subtitle one is actually crimes against public health and safety. And it goes into sections uh, 10 through 110. And it uh, talks mainly about litter control law, the law of uh, litter control. So there are laws in various uh, imprisonment lengths. Um, they kind of, there's three or four or so different lengths. I won't get into the mad details because, you know, it probably won't apply to you, especially if you don't live in Maryland. But I'm just saying that the prison lengths determine or are determined by the amount of litter that is dumped um, on uh, public land or anywhere else. So um, the, the courts in Maryland, they may require 
a cleanup or a repair or payment of the damages to the property, community service, or that even suspend uh, your driver's license. So, you know, maybe other states or even countries, maybe they could take a look at, you know, Maryland's code or maybe other, maybe stricter um, codes within the United States and see which one, you know, fits. You know, if you get so inspired and you happen to know someone who is in the Senate or the House of Representatives, you know, check out their website and see what their policy is on crimes against um, public health and safety as it relates to litter control and and legally dumping. That could be a good start for you to kickstart something where you live. So, you know, what's the hurt in, you know, trying? You never really know. And if you want to see something done, you can do it. The fourth tip um, I have is to um, have you, you know, start thinking about litter pickup. I mentioned my story in um, the My Thoughts portion of the show, and um, I enjoyed the litter pickup um, when I, um, not the, I enjoyed the one from um, when I was in school, but also the one that I did recently um, in April this year. So um, I talked about it in a previous podcast episode. Um, and I did it on behalf of the Anacostia Watershed Society. That was amazing. I'm getting to do some cleanup there. And it was really fun. It was about three hours or so. It was really great. It was in the park and right around the corner. Um, about 20 minutes or so for me. And uh, I met some really good folks. Got my little free t-shirt. Some lunch there that they had. And it was great seeing, you know, the little tiny tots. You know, four-year-olds and, and seven-year-olds. And they even had, like, high schoolers there and their guardians and stuff. It was, like, amazing just to seeing the community participation. And, like, instilling in the young young ones amongst us that, you know, our planet is worth protecting. And, like... It was just great seeing like everyone there. It was it was amazing and I'm really proud that I did that. And I wish I could do it more often, but summer is coming to a close and I'm gonna have to schedule some time to do some more pickups. But I would press anyone to start picking up litter, especially if you're scared or maybe don't know. It's really easy to find different resources online or create a group yourself. It's totally fine either way. Um, The last tip I have for you, the fifth one, is about um, 10 tips for smokers um, curated by the Clean Ocean Action uh, Group. So the organization that I talked about earlier and the lady there, the executive director, uh, her site features a really great PDF about um, different ways that smokers can sort of get involved in NIP um, in the butt. Um, no pun intended, they can, you know, nip, um, you know, their habits in the beginning when it comes to littering and everything. So I'll also link that as well in the show notes for you all. Um, there's some other solutions as well, like to prevent the littering of the butts, you could opt for a filter list or roll your own cigarettes or have pocket ashtrays handy or use only e-cigarettes that happen to be recyclable. The key here is recyclable. Uh, Last thing I want to talk about is just that social norms, they really do play a big role in how we conduct our behavior. So if society says something is okay, it's going to continue to be done. But the thing is, 
you have to make sure it isn't anymore. Ego factor today is that wolves establish themselves west of the Cascade Range for the first time in a century. That fact was found on the Sierra Club's Sierra Magazine in the July-August 2019 issue. Green Adult wants to hear your story. You can choose to self-nominate or nominate an individual who exhibits environmental stewardship and supports the environment. You can work hard in the environmental field in either an organization or company. Either way, let Green Thoughts know. If you want to tell your story and be in for a unique surprise, please be sure to send your 200-word essay to the email address greenthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. So we've come to the part in the show about the Eco Company Spotlight. Now, if you would like for me to, of course, review your environmentally related product or service, you can always be sure to get your ideas out there and have me review your product or service. I would love to. And you can do so by informing me via voice message. So the link is, of course, in my show notes for you all and podcast description and you can also email me as well Uh, for now um, I'm going to introduce to you a new company I've been doing the introducing of different companies since February 2019 and I absolutely love it and I I love the fact that I can share my love of eco companies that are doing right and I couldn't be more prouder of this next one So this next one is 100% Pure Cosmetics. 100% Pure Cosmetics is beauty in its purest form. Founder and Chief Creative uh, Susie Wang, founder and COO James Wang, and CEO Rick Kostick make it their personal mission to bring to you a pure, clean, and transparent ingredient list matched with the principles of compassion, kindness, and empathy. Their products are committed to also educating people about why being 100% pure is so important. 100% pure cosmetics are cruelty-free, gluten-free, natural, and also vegan. Now, there are a few places where you can find 100% pure cosmetics in store, and for that information, you can go onto the website www.100, like the number, numeral form, uh, percent, the word, and then pure, the word, uh, dot com, forward slash pages, forward slash store, dash locations. Now, their uh, physical or brick and mortar uh, stores are available in a couple different states. Um, So they're available in Arizona, California. Illinois, Maryland, uh, New York, and also Washington State. 
For more information about 100% Pure Cosmetics uh, and their charitable partnerships, you can uh, also find out uh, more about how they are positively impacting the planet. You can go to their website, www.100percentpure.com forward slash pages forward slash philanthropy. Um, 100% Pure Cosmetics, they vary in their products. So they have different uh, types of products from their um, fruit pigmented makeup, which is exclusive to them and it's made from fruits and it's amazing. Um, it has so much color and vibrancy in life to their products. It's just amazing what they do with uh, fruit pigments. They also have various lip products like lipsticks, lip conditioners, um, lip gloss, and other lip care products. They've got hair and body products. They've got skincare products like um, the cleansers and toners. they got scrubs, masks, serums, moisturizers, eye cream, which I love. Um, and they also have SPF care and last thing they have is also eye products. So eyeliner, mascara, primer, uh, foundation uh, for your skin. I think I didn't mention that before and they have um, other things as well. So I have a very positive and uh, good experience using 100% Pure Cosmetics. I absolutely loved um, they're 100% pure brightening cleanser. And I say loved because they don't carry it anymore. And it was just, it smells so good. And I remember purchasing it from Amazon and I just couldn't wait for it to come. Um, and I fell in love with their pomegranate, um, fruit pigmented lip glaze. I had it, um, this was probably more than three years ago at first when I first got it. And then I had, I still have their Carbonet. Uh, lip glaze. I love their lip glazes because they don't feel like a, a lip gloss, but they just cover and just do so much coverage for your lips. Um, make it really supple, great variety of colors, cool colors, warm colors, berry colors. I love berries because they really look you know great on me. Um, I fell for their uh, coffee bean um, caffeine eye cream. Now, I, I saw that they do have even more coffee bean um, products as well on their site and I fell in love with the smell the first time it hit my eyes. I was like, this is amazing that they captured coffee in a product and I don't drink coffee, but I would just purchase that product, the eye cream, just for the scent alone. But it also does have really great benefits for your eyes and making them look, you know, just as um, puffless and um, vibrant and clear uh, as possible. I also, um, I still have and use their uh, fruit pigmented, uh, pretty naked palette. I still have that and I use it on special occasions um, for um, you know different celebrations and whatnot because I don't always wear makeup all the time, but it makes me feel good whenever I wear their makeup because it comes you know, just as clear and clean with its ingredients. And that's what I love most about 100% Pure Cosmetics. I never have to question the um, source or what type of ingredients that there are there because they're all recognizable and very much natural. So I don't have to worry. Um, I also tried their um, lip stain, their lip and cheek stain, which I loved really because it's brilliant because of I think I, I bought the one that had the white cap on it, so that was very memorable. 
Um, and so that's great also for those who really, really love low-key um, looking dolled up. And so you can use the um, cheek and uh, lip stain for just some light color and to give you that moisture for your lips and a pop of color on your cheeks. Um, if you would like to contact 100% Pure Cosmetics, you can go ahead and give them a call at one 815-814-9788. You can also email them at customerservice at puritycosmetics.com. And you can also mail them at 2221 Oakland Road, San Jose, California. Zip code 95131. 100% Pure can be found online at 100percentpure.com. They're also on Amazon.com, DermStore.com, uh, eBay.com, Pharmaca, and also in other fine stores online, and also in stores across the country where available. 100% Pure is on the following social media platforms of Facebook at 100% Pure, Instagram at 100% Pure, all lowercase and 100 in the numeral form. They're on LinkedIn at Purity Cosmetics, um, in parentheses 100% Pure. They're on Pinterest at 100% Pure. They're on Twitter at 100% Pure. And also on YouTube at 100% Pure. Lastly, to also contact them, you can go to their website, 100, the numeral, uh, percent, and then pure in those words, dot com. And then view the bottom of the webpage, then click the Contact Us tab under Information to go to their contact page. So, thank you all for taking the time to listen in on this amazing and in-depth podcast episode about cigarette buds, the most toxic plastic item that we have on the planet when it comes to littering because it's so insidious and everywhere. It's so bad. So to take some good out of this, additionally, I'd love for you to go ahead and share this podcast episode. If you know a smoker, if you hate litter, if you think cigarettes are gross, or if you also want to just protect marine wildlife and other animals. And also share this if you want to quit smoking and you think it would be good to share this with other smokers who maybe would want to start not smoking also. Be sure to also go ahead and go to change.org. Of course, the campaign petition is still running. And if you especially live in Prince George's County, I would, of course, love for you to participate in signing and sharing the petition. And like I said before, I will link that in the show notes. So it's very important for you all to go ahead and check it out. So until next time, thank you all again for listening and for tuning in. Uh, And another podcast episode will be coming up in the very near future. But until then, you all take care. Bye.